you're listening to The Tech Box. Welcome everybody to episode 62 of The Tech Box. My name is James Honeyball and I'm welcomed today by David Rich. Hi Dave, how are you doing? Good evening James, how are you? I'm feeling pretty good, yeah. I think um, the world just seems a little bit better today than it's uh, done recently. Yeah, well, we all probably know why. <laughs> Entertainment value, it's going to be slightly somewhat different to how it used to be, but um, that's probably more stable for world affairs, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've had enough of an unstable world. You know, I, I want to get back to having a stable world. I know that uh, certain people out there are rooting for an unstable world, but uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with it being quite stable. Yeah, well, I think he will be. Without mentioning any names, we'll just yeah. uh, assume. Well, no one's going to be able to guess what on earth we're talking about. Um so we might as well crack into some tech. Okay. Well, it's been another release, hasn't there, this week? Or a couple of releases or... Do you mean the pre-orders? Okay, pre-orders, but... Th- things. The, things have yeah, happened. Yeah, things. Okay. Technicalities, James. Technicalities. Some things have happened. So, uh, so the pre-orders were on Friday, were they? I can't remember now. They, you know, It's been a bit of a blur the last few days. Yeah, so it was Friday, pre-order, and they go on delivery next week, don't they? So the following week, should we give dates? Let's give dates to be more accurate. So pre-ordered on the 6th and delivered on the 13th, uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah, unlucky for some. And they will be delivered this year, won't they, with uh, the stores being locked? Yeah, and I have to confess that I did order something. A new silver dinner tray? A new silver dinner tray. No, I... Well, actually... Or stainless steel dinner tray. Yes, that's the short answer to that. Sorry, I didn't get that. I did order a nice (laughs) little dinner tray. Uh, I went for graphite. Hmm. It's play it safe, isn't it? That's what I did. As I said last time we chatted, I I like the look of the white iPhone 12 this year, but I think that just such a massive slab of white on the back uh, of the Max might be... A little bit too much. So I've gone with graphite, which should look classy, I hope. Yeah, I, I like I said earlier, I think when the iPhone 4, 4S came out, I was definitely a, a white man. I always said that Apple products should be white. But then when they had the white front with the black screen, I was never a huge fan of that on the later devices. And I don't know, there's nothing wrong with black. There's absolutely nothing wrong with black. And it's not black. It's I'm looking at it now. And like it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's grey and it is nice enough. It is nice enough. If I, if I could get a red, um, I really would. But they don't do that, do they, for us uh, pros? No one ever got fired for buying a black iPhone. <laughs> that is definitely correct. Um, so you've gone for the bigger camera, haven't you? You've gone for the better camera. What's, is it the lens that's stabilised or the set? No, the sensor that's stabilised, isn't it? Versus the lens. Yeah, so it's got in-body stabilisation. Uh, mm. How that is going to translate into the pictures, I don't think anyone really knows. Um, it would be a bit of a con if the difference between the non-Max and the Max was, you know, indeterminable, because uh, I think lots of people have uh, taken the plunge on this Max. Bet with the farm the idea, on it. Yeah, bet the farm on it that this is going to be uh, a much better photography experience. I think for me... I haven't had a max sized one for a little while. I was sort of 
lament you know, debating it when we chatted last time and i just have gone for it you know thrown caution to the wind which uh we'll see how this all pans out if it's literally i think the thing that i worry about is not the size it's the weight uh i worry that it's just going to be too heavy the 11 pro is a heavy beast you know non-max is a heavy beast to start off with this is going to be larger and heavier than uh, the 11 pro max and uh, we'll see i think this is basically the um process that everyone's going through at the moment but i do i will look forward to having a big screened or biggest screened iphone which i think this will be i don't think anything's had a screen quite as big as this before i selfishly selfishly i don't want there to be any difference i really don't i I don't i don't think there will be i think yes your film directors your uh, gavins that you they're going to find differences there's gonna be a difference in that camera yeah you know that's what they're marking at but I think in day-to-day photographs in reality I think there's going to be certain situations where you can see the difference and then when you're just taking a picture of a passing car or a number plate or something in a window or something say you're there or anything like that it's not going to be night and day you're going to have to milk the sensor so to speak to Mm. actually get that little performance And and I'm happy with that because I wouldn't milk the sensor. I like that word. I'm just going to say it a lot. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. That's not me. That's not the sort of photography that I take. So I don't think I would massively benefit from that. I think I don't. I don't know about you, James. I mean, I know you like taking photographs and things like that, but I. I sort of think you're a bit like me. Or am I wrong? It remains to be seen, basically, because they didn't attach. As far as I can remember, they didn't attach a feature to it. It wasn't like. Mm portrait mode which is only possible with this second uh, lens yeah. or you know this this is a latest generation of lens which means you can do live photos better uh, or something like that they didn't attach any particular feature onto it did they no. i think they just said we're putting the stabilization on the sensor and that means it should be a bit better let's move on to the next subject i believe that's how it went and that's and that's what i mean unless there's that that differentiating factor i think very much it's, it's sort of feature parity if that yeah if, if you go i mean it's like okay yeah back in the day there was the definite advantage of having the plus you had that extra camera there was no hiding that this time i think yeah they've done it and, and again but so part of me thinks yeah they've done it so why wouldn't but they've done it for a reason haven't they as well so it's not that they've done it and you won't notice they must have done it for a reason so it must be better because otherwise, why would they have done it? I'm questioning myself now. I guess they've got the technology that they want to push into the lower level iPhones over time. So it's, it's yeah. the, the latest thing. It's a bit big at the moment. They can only fit it into the Max. They'll miniaturize it over the years and they'll get it into the uh, lower iPhones. And therefore, they just want to get it out there and dry run it, get people using it and see how it performs as they evolve it. You're probably right. It, at the moment, it's quite—it's probably costly technology. Let's put it in the more expensive one, where that that cost ca- can be absorbed slightly. We'll test the day-to-day use of it. How do people get on with it? In reality, is it a feature people notice? Do people make use of it? Is it substantially better? If it is brilliant, it's got cheaper over time. It can come to the other phones. Not a word be said. It will just happen that the new phones are all like that, or it might go away. 
I, yeah. I think that that might be the angle they're coming from because otherwise they would have made more of it, wouldn't they? I think if I'd have gone non-max to non-max, there wouldn't have been enough changing between there. Whereas at least now I'm going from the smaller to the bigger. So I'll get the opportunity to uh, use the bigger phone and see what advantages I can get out of that. Uh, in my head, as I say, if it was if it was if it was thin and light but big, I could imagine it being a really ideal it's not thin lockdown era phone. Yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you know the pros are heavy beasts. Maybe I just need to get stronger. If I get equivalently stronger, then I'll have my ideal device. I'll have the thin and light little mini tablet iPhone. I, I've I've come the other way because I always used to be Pro Max. It's the best. End of. It's got a bigger screen. That means it's better. But then I stepped down, didn't I? Yeah. And I I like the way I don't feel like I'm going to drop it all the time. I can use it semi-one-handed. It's more of a phone now rather than that sort of in-between tablet-y thing that you want to sit on the sofa that's got the plastic sheeting over and use it for best, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I don't think I could go back up, especially as it's now slightly even bigger. Um, I don't know. Your mileage may vary. I'd be interested to hear back. Yeah. So I suppose when we next chat, we should be able to give the lowdown on it, what the uh, pros and cons on it are, and uh, yeah, whether it was uh, worth the huge investment. So are you, are you getting it on launch? Hopefully, yeah. I what I did was just through coincidence, I was on a run when at the exact time. So I set a timer for one minute too. Said, look, if I'm still, and I had it set as a favorite in the um, Apple store app. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to get an alarm at one minute to one. And if I still have the urge to get it, it should all be queued up and I'll be on a mobile network, which I imagine is completely uncongested at the moment because, you know, no one's on the mobile networks. Everyone's on their home Wi-Fi. I should be able to get through. Okay. And, and that's how it turned out. I launched up the app at one o'clock. I killed it two or three times until uh, it let me in. Uh, let me in, ordered it immediately. I, I think I've got it for next week. I haven't um, spent a huge amount of time combing through, but I think so. Yeah, I I, I gave out my top tips, didn't I, in our, in our group um, about how to do it? Because for me, the, the store was down last week. And it, it, I checked it like quarter past and it still wasn't, it still was down for me. But what I find is if you switch from Wi-Fi to 4G, you, that very fact of going to 4G, you either hit the same one, but you hit a refresh version yeah. or you uh, or you go to a different one and, and it's open. I'll reveal something here. Ooh. I got Glastonbury tickets uh, for this year. What year are we in? 2020. It's difficult to know these days, isn't it? I got, got Glastonbury tickets for this year. And I swear I got those because I was using my VPN. So I, I got ExpressVPN, uh, which I think is a really good provider. I think I ended up getting it around the time of The Mandalorian when that came out for Series 1. And I wanted to get Disney Plus when it wasn't available in the UK. Mm. And you know that you can, obviously with all these uh, VPN providers, you can select which country you want to VPN to. So I just VPNed to the UK and I was able to get a, a Glastonbury slot. Now, when I tried through Virgin Media, who's my broadband provider, uh, up until that year, I'd always been blocked. It looked like I was going absolutely nowhere and I would never have got through in a million years. So I think getting to your preferred website when you've got one of these high volume events 
you know, if you can find different network routes to get there, different network providers using VPNs, I think that maximizes your chances of getting through. Um, but yeah, that's certainly my top tip. And so I kind of was doing that on Friday because I was out on my run using my phone cellular when I can't imagine many other people, percentage wise, that many people would have been doing the same. Yeah. Have you seen how they do all the pre-authorization now? They do the, so you can add it to your basket and let's say you're going to finance it through Barclays in the UK. You can pre-approve, be pre-approved for the um, finance agreement already. Oh, that's and, interesting. Oh, so you go in there a couple of days beforehand and, you know, do the credit check. Yep. So you do the credit check, do the application, they're happy. And then you're literally just queued, ready to roll with it when it's uh, released. Ah. Because usually that's, you know, that can slow people down, can't it? So they, they, they are putting the effort in. That's another thing. It's always 0% on the iPhones. Yeah. But it isn't on their other products, which you wouldn't... Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? They're happy to, you know, give 0% on the flagship things. But let's say you want to buy a Mac, it's certainly not 0%. So... Because hmm. I know that if someone offers you 0%, then really you should take it because there's absolutely... You're worse off paying outright because, you know inflation is something albeit i guess at the moment it or historically over the last sort of 10 years or so it's kind of been low but it's normally something isn't it yeah yeah so apple are improving there are there are a few uh top tips to be had in their store to be fair but um I, i'm glad you're getting one james it'd be good to hear your your point of view. I, how long have I had my 12 now? When did I get it's it? It's got to be like three or four weeks, isn't it? No. Has it? Has it not? Two weeks? Two weeks. Yeah, no, because we... Did I get it on the last... I got it on the Friday of the last show and we're two weeks on. So yeah, two weeks with the iPhone 12 Pro. And what's the what's the two-week follow-up, two-week verdict? Well, I don't know. I've already seen all these YouTube videos of the honest review after one week or after two weeks living with yeah. it. Here is, here is my view. Here are the things you should know. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so here's my two-week exclusive review. It's still a phone. <laughs> it's, uh, it's had an update as well. Um, has it solved any of the issues I was having? No. So... Okay, I, I've made progress with my iPhone 12 Pro journey, we'll call it, in the last two weeks. So I didn't have any MagSafe stuff, did I? I had the case. So I had the Apple Silicon Red case, I believe, because I got that yep. the day after. I now have the MagSafe charger. Okay. I've got two. And two? I, two of the, like, Qi chargery things? Yep, two Qi charger. Well, they're not Qi, they're... Apple Apple Qi Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Upper, upper class Qi Plus. There we go. Okay. Um, and for some strange reason, I got three of those little £19 puck things to fast charge, but only one USB-C to lightning cable. So, oh no, three, yeah, because I've got two MagSafe and a USB. There we go. Hang on a minute. I'm losing... I thought MagSafe was the puck. No, so when you just get the MagSafe, you get the bit that sticks on the back of the phone. Yeah. So that's the, that's the MagSafe charger. And you don't get a puck with these. I thought it was a puck. What, am I going mad? You're going mad. So, no, no, I think we're talking about the same thing. So, the actual round bit, yeah, that yeah. snaps to the back to charge it, 
You get that, and it has a wired cable. Yeah. Do we not call that the puck? Do we call that the puck? I call the wall wall. The Americans call it the puck, the plug. No, 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 no. It's called a puck because it um, looks like an ice hockey puck, presumably. Okay, so I've got two ice hockey pucks, okay. and I've got three wall plugs. Does that make more sense? Oh, three of those 20-watt wall plugs? Yes. Okay, nice. Because that's the secret to unlocking everything, isn't it? Yeah, apparently, yeah. So I try and wireless charge... I, it has been okay, to be fair, because I, I don't actually run out of power now. So if I put it down, I'll put it down on the puck so it keeps charging. It isn't that fast, though. It's not that fast. It's not as fast as I was envisaging from Apple's marketing. It is probably as fast as my normal Qi chargers, which now don't work with the iPhone 12. Yeah, this was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, so that that Mophie one that I got, the Streampad. There's a, f- um, if anyone's in any doubt, there is a forum post on Mac Rumors of Qi chargers that are working, that aren't working with the new iPhone 12. Be it the fact that the, there's something wrong with the alignment, or the the working theory is that maybe the magnets interfere with the connection. Um, but my Mophie Streampad plant. Pad Plus, which has all over the box, Apple Fast Charge, this, that, won't work. It starts to charge and then it disconnects. So I went through the process to just to double check myself. I did a, a warranty claim. So I went on their website and said it's not working. And they said, that's that's fine. We'll send you out a new one. You pay us $7.99, return the old one. So there is a lot of hassle involved. And I did pay money for this. Uh, but I, I needed to rule that out for me, if that makes sense. Um, and it doesn't work. Still, so they've sent you a new one and it still doesn't work. Yeah, so I paid seven ninety nine for the postage and packaging, and now I have to send the old one back, and it still doesn't work. So it is definitely a compatibility issue with the iPhone. I thought what you were going to say is that the new one had been, you know, there was a new revision of that, the well, that's what I was banking uh, charger, on. and that it it was it worked. Yeah, that's a bit poor, really. You'd think that there would be a little bit better communication between Apple and Mophie with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, that that uh, that is what I was hoping. I was hoping that it might just have a tweaked firmware because the, the, there's a lot of uh, talk out there that some of these ones that don't work, there's a couple that do receive firmware updates and they've been firmware updated, but I'm guessing this, this Mophie doesn't. So I thought, okay, there might be a slight revision or a tweak to the chip that they've used or whatever. It's worth a shot. Yeah. It's only costing me money. Yeah, I think that they'd get a couple of these because they are surely still being sold by Apple and um, they're just not going to work. No, I, I don't think, I think Apple, since they've gone MagSafe, have cleared out their stores. Ah, uh, they've just sort of done the same thing with the, they did with the headphones. Yeah. Just remove all the uh, competitive, competing products and sell their own brand ones only. Yeah, don't quote me on it because I might be totally wrong. Um, but but MagSafe, yeah, it, it's okay. Um, I've been caught out a couple of times. Um, it's died on me once, I think, where my battery management hasn't been super good. But you shouldn't have to be doing the battery management. No, I've just not plugged it. So I usually plug in every night. Ever since I've had a phone, plug in every night. When I, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to. Um, it should be sufficient with all these charge pads around that it should just sustain itself. So I, I've, I've been going and just not charging on a night. I've just been living recklessly, James. You, you couldn't live any more recklessly with your phones, could you? No case. No. Nope. Not charging it. No what screen comes protector. Next? No screen protector. Um, and it has caught me out. So I've got into the car a couple of times and it's like low battery, 20%. So the Qi Life isn't super 
brilliant. I don't think I think you need to be charging with a cable at some point. But when I plug the cable in, it's super fast anyway. In half an hour, you're like 70% done. I, I just think that Qi is great, but I don't have Qi everywhere around my house. I only have it on my bedside table. I whack my phone on there. It charges overnight. Doesn't matter how slow it is. Get up the next morning. Everything's fine. Yeah, but you don't, ha- you, don't, you don't have kids roaming around. So you've got to be strategic with your Qi charging placement. Because if you just put a phone at, at sort of child height kicking around, that phone's gone. Well, I don't... I, my phone just like is, isn't left around really. It's just either in my pocket or I'm using it. Okay, sometimes it might be on the table, but... I don't want the extra overhead of having to remember to place it onto a particular place on the table because that's where the Qi charging pad is. Well, you can't miss, you can't miss these pucks, James. They're, they're huge. That's true. <laughs> and they got, magnetise onto it. Yeah. So even if you try and put it on the other end of the table, the magnet will suck it over to there. So, yeah. It's not like trying to reverse park a HGV into something. It's it's definitely there. <laughs> it's going on it. That's, that's my thing. Everyone always says, oh, you've got to place these... You know, you 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 put your phone down on these cheap pads. You need to put it down in a special way. If you're taking the time to place it on, you've got a couple of seconds to to move it into place until you see the charge light flash up. Surely, it's it's okay. It is what it is. It's a new toy. I've bought a couple of them. They're fine. They're not going to set the world on fire, but they charge it. What about the other? innovation on the 12 which is the lidar scanner have you had any use for that i have been playing so we'll put the link in the show notes um what is the app so again thank you mac rumors for my uh, the application it's called 3d scanner app okay it's it's good it's a very hard uh, application to navigate i downloaded it earlier in the week um, and, and could I hell do anything with it? But y- yes, uh, this morning I think they released an iPhone 12 update. So I'm guessing it was just for the for the iPad before. And the 12 oh, update, right. I think it's done something. It's either realised actually that sensor's in a different position. Basically, the, the, again, the, there isn't any instructions on how to use it within the app, and the menu icons are very very vague. But from what I can gather, is you hold it up to an object. You can set certain parameters with regards to your distance from said object. There's one to set the resolution of how of the amount of detail that you want of the object. And then you press the record button. So if you're let's say I'm taking a picture on my laptop, it will you can record your laptop at quite high resolution. You set you set the focal point, you set the distance, and it creates a 3D object of it. Okay? So if I if I walk around it up to a given point, it will record the three-dimensional data as well. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a buffer. I think there's a rolling buffer because at some point it forgets the other bit. But let's say I want to take a picture of my washing machine, uh, where it is now. I-, I take a picture. It highlights it all in like a purpley color where it detects it with the LiDAR. So it fires the LiDAR scanner at it. Obviously, the light hits it. Colors are purple. And I click stop. I then have, you know, when you go into an, onto the Apple store and things like that, and you can place the Mac Pro in your living room. Oh, yeah. I then have a 3D model of whatever I want to place in wherever. Okay, that's quite cool. So you can see what your washing machine looks like in your friend's house, if you were allowed in your friend's house at this point. Yeah, so I've been doing pictures of the kids uh, and the wives and sat down. So I did a really good picture of the wife sat down. and um, You said 
you said to your mate, this is what my wife would look like in your house. Well, no, but then I can like have her sitting on the table or I can walk over to the sink and have her sitting on the, on the sink or I can have her sitting on top of the telly. And, and it actually looks like she's sat there in a 3D model. Do you know what I mean? Okay. If anyone's seen the the um, iOS 3D modeling, so like if you go onto Safari and things, you can place like the Mac Pro in your house and walk around it. And that's what it does. It places the model down in that position and you can physically walk around it using the camera so it's like it's placed it in your actual environment it's really good yeah. it, it, it's it's clever and if you think about it i've now got a 3d model of the kits so 20 yeah. years from t- from now yeah i can place a 3d model in the room and it's a, it's it's not perfect but it's good enough if that makes sense yeah i was just thinking it doesn't you, you could take it a few extra steps couldn't you and your grandparents could have an iPad and be looking at their grandchildren, you know, in their house. Yeah. Um, it probably completely freak them out, but in their house. And then you could add the, uh, you know, the speech and everything onto that. That's probably a little bit dark and creepy, actually, isn't it, really? It's, it's where it's going, though. Can you imagine if, if instead of holding an iPhone up to view that 3D object, I put a pair of glasses on? Suddenly, I've taken yeah, a photo, yeah. and now I've got a, a person or a dog that's maybe passed away several years yeah, ago, yeah. and I can just place him on the floor in front of me, walk around him and have a look at him, because I've scanned him in years prior. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it is good. And again, your practical applications, okay, I've just scanned in the boiler on the wall over there. Actually... What if I place it on that wall over there and have a look? If I was wanting to move the boiler, yeah, I can walk around and have a look and go. Do you know what? It's actually not that bad. If I moved it up there and moved it over there, it'd be perfectly fine. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and and you can see where it's going. That's the good thing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out when I get my twelve. Hopefully on Friday. So yeah. Um. So how are your Beats Pro? Mm. So I mentioned this as well. They um. For the job that they do, they're really good. Uh, I've sort of unofficially replaced my old running headphones. However, they are a pain in the arse, (laughs) to put it bluntly. So every time I put them on, I've got this really annoying issue that one will connect and one won't. Okay. You've then got to take them off, reseat them in the actual case and then put them, because that sort of does a reboot. Right. And then put them back on. Yeah. And then it's 50-50 whether they both connect. And I've also had a few issues with charging as well. And it's my own fault, although I think it's a bit of a design flaw. The way they charge when you put them in the case, because they're sealed and they're waterproof, there's sort of two pogo pins for each headphone. Yeah. And they push against two pads. And, and that is purely so that there's no electronics exposed to the elements because they are waterproof they're sweat resistant what i've noticed that's happened though because they haven't been charging so i'll go to them and one will be charging and one won't be charging and one won't be recognized and all sorts of things i had a look at one today and um one of the little pads was black so what i'm guessing has happened happened so i i, I got a q-tip you know the earbud things mm. and i and i uh, i wiped it off and all the black it's like a carbon sort of came off so i've been out running it's been raining. I've taken them off. I've put them in. Obviously, Pogo Pin connects, passes power to the headphone, and it's been reacting with the water, and it's just a build-up of yeah. whatever, that oxidization or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, it makes sense. It's effectively burning, isn't it? 
Yeah, <laughs> that's what. You that's get what's it happened. on uh, Apple charging cables, don't you? When you uh... you see the pin, yeah. There's always that one pin. Yeah. Um, and that that just stopped it from charging, and um, yeah. So I had to have a close look at it and clean it up. So they are flawed. They are really flawed, and I spend more time taking them on and off to try and get them both of the ears to connect. Um, but they are good when you go running with them, and um, they are wirelessly connected to your watch. Which is getting better now, I must add, because now you can have Spotify on the watch as well. Ah, what's that like? I haven't tried it because I use Apple Music, but I would assume it's exactly the same as Apple Music. It streams it with the cellular, or you can download the playlist in advance versus just having that facility with Apple Music before. um, Yeah, I might have to investigate that. But yeah, no, it's they're good when you get them both. Obviously, the downfall is you take them out of the case, you put them on your head, you go out, you start running, you you press play on your watch, and only one works, and you're like, yeah. Now I have to run all the way home, put them back in the case. Oh, this is the problem with you know we can rant about Bluetooth uh, forever because there's you know normal headphones plugging into a headphone socket is so bulletproof. You know, there's so many advantages in that. You plug it in, the noise stops coming out of the speaker, starts coming out of the headphones, nothing more to it. You know, simple. As soon as you try and do it with Bluetooth, there's so many little things that can go wrong. And by splitting up the um, headphones into two sides, oh, you've by doubled it, haven't totally you? wireless, you've just doubled the complexity. How do you think they're doing it? Do you think each ear, each sort of earphone or headphone, whatever you want to call them, do you think that connects individually to the iPhone, or do you think they connect as one? I tell you what, I've got no idea, and it, it could so easily be either way. Yeah, because when, when this problem happens as well, if you turn Bluetooth off on the phone and reconnect it, you still don't get that other one back. You still just get the one. The only way to get that other one back is to reseat them into the case, have them reboot themselves effectively because they realise they've been docked, and then they'll connect when they come out. Actually, they, I suppose they have to be doing it individually, connecting to the phone, because on the AirPods, you can only put one in, can't you? And then you can just close the box and presumably walk away from it, yep. and it'll work fine. And now you can connect multiple AirPods to the same phone as well. So yep. you can connect to AirPods you are galore. I got a pop-up on my Apple TV telling me that I could uh, have multiple AirPods connected to it. So, uh, oh, that new feature as well, while we're on headphones, 14.2 about the auto volume control. Uh, so the audio limiting or whatever it is called. I I had it where I walked. So I've had it twice. I've walked into an environment. It's told me it's too loud, which is fine. Fair enough. But I've also had it where I've been out running. A really bassy bit of music has kicked in. So I've had it, I've had it on full volume kicking out normal sound level and then the sort of music has stepped up a notch and it's gone and load itself. <laughs> just, That's interesting. You know, I'm just going to do this for the good of your health and it'll pop up on the watch and say, yeah, it's a loud environment or loud music. It's, it's load it. Thank you very much. Cheers. I'll just turn you back up. That's interesting because I suppose it's using the fact that it knows the exact hardware it you know the iphone knows exactly what a beats pro headphone is doing and what volume it's creating it knows exactly how loud an ipod an airpod is Mm. but it doesn't know how loud any other third-party headphone is because that all depends on the 
you know, the amplifier and the, um, you know, speaker cones and hardware within the equipment. So does it do a second guess and say, well, you're, this is probably a bit loud for you, so I'll turn it down? When actually it could be quite quiet. I, I just think it's a bit a bit of a cheek to turn my headphones down for me. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? well, you've got enough going on when you're running, haven't you, that you don't then want to have to mess about with your own headphones because they've decided enough is enough. Normally it just stops you putting the volume high in the first place or gives you a little warning. Yeah. Uh, but again, when you're on, which is fine if you're only using the headphones that came with the phone or its own brand because otherwise how does the phone know what the actual uh volume is once it gets to the headphones it is definitely weird because like i said i it was it would allow me to play the music at the volume it was it was playing at i was running away then as i said the volume of this song must have hit a different amplitude within the song itself and it's just gone and turned it down from there it said well it's got a bit loud now well you know that was said 100% before. <laughs> I think it's okay if it warns me that I'm spending time in a loud environment for too long using whatever sensor the phone has got available to it, either the um, noise cancelling on the AirPod Pro or um, using the phone's own um, microphones. It says, well, you know, you've been, you know, s- stood next to this 747 for half an hour. And <laughs> yeah. You should think about getting out of there i think that's generally probably useful uh so i don't think that's a problem for me um but taking control of the volume when it i mean in your case it, it does know how loud uh you know beats pro uh devices because it met you know apple makes both things but i don't like the idea of it taking uh making assumptions on bluetooth devices that it doesn't know about no here's another uh, audio related woe for you with the beats while i'm on it okay they sit in a case don't they and the way they sit in the case is they they allow for movement so the airpods don't really move in that case they're pretty snug they're stuck so with this apple new apple switching stuff let's say i put them in the case nice and snugly shut shut the case Brilliant. I now put them down, and that jolts one headphone enough just to come away from the uh, pogo right. pins. Yeah, yeah. Now every time I walk by it, my audio is diverted to the to the headphones. I receive a call. Suddenly, my audio is diverted to this one headphone that I'm like, where the, where are these? I've put them down somewhere. They're in the case, and it's still connecting through to them. Bad design. Yeah. Turn off auto switching. Yeah, probably that would solve it. Um, but that's half the fun, isn't it? That's half the feature. Yeah. In there, have you had that work with the Mac yet? Have you tried it with the Mac? Uh, no. doesn't work. Uh, I don't have any Apple headphones at the moment, I don't think. I think maybe actually it's probably might be a Big Sur feature, actually. It, it would make sense that it's Big Sur. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. So uh, let's uh, take that opportunity to talk very quickly then about the upcoming Apple uh, Macintoshes that are going to come out next week or be announced next week with the new Apple Silicon. So I, I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to it. So have you seen the rumours? So there's rumoured to be two 13 inches coming and one 16 inch. So the rumour is they're actually going to be doing the 16 inch. So how are they going to do the 16 inch with the discrete graphics? It's so there's there's a few theories. So here's my theory. The 16-inch may very well just be an Intel update. So let's say that they release Ah. maybe a 13-inch Air and a 13-inch Pro. 
both of them have the integrated GPUs at the moment. So that's that covered off. So they have the new ARM chips in them. Yeah, and the 16 inch is currently on the 9th gen Intel processor. They could do a little, this is our last one for the business customers or whatever. We're going to slip the 10th gen in there. And there is sort of rumors to back that up because there's a bit of code in the latest OS beta that suggests there's a 2020 16 inch that we haven't seen. So they could do it that um, way. or That is fascinating. Or they may just be going out there and saying, do you know what? You know, we're going to have to address... They've obviously addressed this GPU issue. It's, it's not something yeah. that they're going to say, oh, we, we, haven't, uh, we haven't looked at this. Um, so they might very well just come out and say, do you know what? Here we go. Because their GPUs aren't bad. No, they're fine, aren't they? They're, they're fine for um, the... Well, 99% of what you need, I think. Yeah, and here's another thing that might back up the whole 16-inch Intel. There was some um, drivers as well for new AMD cards. Again, that could be for the Mac Pro, but it also could be mean that they're going to stick a 10th gen in this 2016, give it a slightly better graphics option, and say, okay, well, that will last us until we can get our GPU stuff out. But here you go, here's our Apple Silicon. That's the thing, isn't it? Because... If you were just, this is why I thought the 12 inch MacBook would be the ideal candidate for the first release, because that has only got USB. It doesn't have Thunderbolt and it doesn't have, you know, external graphics, doesn't have PCI slots or or whatever. Basically, you take an iPad Pro silicon, slap it in a 12 inch MacBook and you're 99% of the way there, really, aren't you? You'd have to bring that keyboard back. And I don't think there's appetite to bring that keyboard back at the moment. I really don't. So I think then what we're saying is that if we've got two 13-inch models, one of them will obviously be the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah. And the other one, I guess, will be a 13-inch MacBook Air. And how do you sell them as well? This is what's going to get me. Do you go onto Apple's website and you configure a machine? Okay, I'll have this processor with... I'll have a 2.3 gigahertz version of this processor with 16 gig or 32 gig of RAM, and I'll have this graphics card. Or do they just say... This is the 2020 MacBook Pro, you buy it. And then you get it home and you might run Geekbench and go, oh, it's actually got 16 gig of RAM in it and it's got this. And you don't know, just like you don't know with the iPhones unless you do it. And you've just got that generation of that machine. I think there's certain, there's so many applications that get run on MacBooks, MacBook Pros and Macs generally. Like, you know, if you're running a set of virtual machines, you'll know that each virtual machine takes up four gig of ram you've got four running you need at least 16 gig of ram probably let's go for 32 yeah you need to be able to know how much ram you're getting on a mac so i think that there would have to be some configurability there do you know what i mean you will have to say this is how much ram i want this is how much disco on at the moment those are the only two things you can i suppose you can tweak the cpu as well can't you i guess that the cpu will be less tweakable now mm. and you will just be able to tweak the ram and the storage okay here you go here's your macbook pro it's for your customers who like to run virtual machines and you can choose your disk size here's your macbook it's it's like the ipad entry entry level it is you don't know how much ram it's got in but it will run your office tasks it'll run this it's, and it'll run everything fine you still don't know but they're just segmenting it via you're buying the iPhone Pro or you're buying the iPhone 12. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think this is one of the first events 
that there's going to be some really fascinating things coming out that we don't know about. Certainly me and you don't know about. Do you think the people that have got the development kit, the little Mac Mini um, ARM Macs, do you think they've got a little bit of a better insight as to how this is all going to go down? Or do you think that um, those were sort of sent out as kind of early models? I don't know whether all the ports work on the back of them. I, I would assume not. And therefore, they've got no idea how this is going to shake out either. I can imagine if you're Adobe or Microsoft or someone writing first party well not first party but application they'll know yeah those guys probably know don't they someone someone's got to know but it's it's just for me it's not necessarily the hardware cuz you you effectively you're going from a configurable pc background with the mac to a closed box this is what you've bought this is effectively a chromebook it will do these tasks at this speed and that's what you've got now until you get rid of it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. suppose we're already there, aren't we? But at least you had a bit of a say when you bought it about how you configured it. Yeah. Are we going to get the same say or are we just buying what they think we need? They're going to have to tackle the issue of attaching separate GPUs. So if they if they sort that out up front, then they can just go with inbuilt GPUs with the Air and the 13-inch, and then the 16-inch, they have external GPUs as they do today. They're made by AMD this year, and then next year, the year after, whenever, they're actually just putting in Apple external GPUs. They're going to have to do that, though, because if they ever want to step it up to a, a modular design like the Mac Pro, which they've committed to, then they're going to have to do that. It's going yeah, to have exactly. to, unless they stay with Intel for the high-end... The interesting thing there is that uh, Tim Cook said that within two years, all Mac models would be transitioned. Mm. So they're not. So at some point, if they want to continue doing the Mac Pro, which presumably is a profitable operation for pros, they're going to have to sort out expandability. And the direction they've gone in recently is expandability with PCI, you know, PCI Express and their... um, extended and enhanced versions of that you know that's the direction they're going in so therefore presumably that's the direction that the future apple silicon mac pro has got to go in as well does arm allow for the, allow for that within the standard well i mean obviously it doesn't today or there's no examples of it today that i can think of but in the future why not it's just a problem that apple's got to solve isn't it well i mean we can hypothesize all we like james but we'll know this time next week i know Exactly. It'll be interesting to see how much we think it might shake down actually turns out to be the case. I think the biggest cop-out would be what you said earlier on, which is they're still making Intel versions and uh, there's just what maybe one ARM one. That would be a real cop-out. And the real, um, wow, they've really sort of blown the doors off here would be if um, they release a whole bunch of different form factor Macs, including ones that had uh, discrete GPUs. It's going to be uh, fascinating. We'll see, won't we? We'll see. Let's see. Cool. Well, have a good uh, rest of the weekend. Yep. And uh, we'll catch up soon. We will definitely revisit this topic when they're released. Yeah, which will be very soon. Yeah. Speak to you in a bit, James. Cool. Cheers, Dave. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>